part of this week for me has been feeling like a little, what's the word? Feeling a little, I guess, guilty or frustrated with some of you know my ideas and my former approach, my former approaches to some of these conversations in the past. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like you know, I don't know. I feel like you know, I feel like a spoiled kid that like doesn't really know where he comes from in a way because things have progressed so much at times where I don't fully recognize. Um, so for me, it's been this idea of like this isn't the first rodeo as far as seeing this type of violence, you know, against black bodies. Right. But I haven't really been active in and progressive enough to like really try to instill the kind of change that I can, you know, whatever that is. Right. I'm still developing these ideas. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's kind of like, you know, I feel this, this big responsibility now to both educate myself and empower myself to do my part, whatever that may be. Yo, what's up, everyone? It's T. Ross. Now, I know it's been a minute since you all last heard from us, but my brother Tony and I wanted to be really intentional with how we've been taking care of ourselves just through everything that's been happening, given quarantine, just dealing with, you know, personal situations, and more recently, processing everything that's been happening in regards to the police brutality and and senseless killings that have uh, recently occurred but you know are part of of decades of hurt um you know we we wanted to make sure that while we had other episodes and things that we had been preparing that we took the time to address you know just where we are um in this process in dealing with the pressures of trying to figure out how to show up in a time such as this you know it's very difficult and you know we all want to know what is the right thing to do what is the answer to all of this hurt and truth be told i don't know if there there really is one answer you know so in today's episode we really just wanted to unpack how we've been managing um said pressures how we've been responding to those who are interested in just really what it means for us being black men in today's society. Um, you know, coming to a place of understanding and peace for ourselves, um, as much of it as we can attain, and just what that continuous process looks like for the, each of us. So um, really hope that this conversation, while we're not experts and um, are are merely just sharing from our perspective we hope that it sheds light on something new for you for your community and if it's something that has you know sparked interest for you if it's something that has brought about new ideas we ask that you all reach out share those with us Um, as always we we appreciate your support we appreciate you taking the time um, to listen to us and we really wish you well this is helping homies win Yeah, but I really wanted to um, kind of just capture where we are, man. Um, it's so interesting, you know. Here we are recording the podcast now, and I don't know what for these last five days we kind of been talking about hopping on. Um, yeah, but I'm grateful for the time, the in between time of when we initially would have podcast had we just hopped on in that moment versus where we are today, because. 
yeah. I've been able to I think iron out my thoughts a little bit more, you know? Um, I don't, I didn't necessarily feel like I needed to back when we initially talked about it five days ago, but looking back, I'm like, dang, I actually do feel a lot more, um, resolved within myself about where I am. Um, and just like the thing that's really, really important. Um, one of the things I just kind of was processing through was just where we are all together as a community, you know, thinking about Mm -hmm. quarantine, you know, I think we're in week 12. Um, the fact that COVID, you know, COVID-19 is still still happening. Um, just the, frust- the frustration with being inside the house, not being able to really connect and do the things we normally do, just our routines kind of being disrupted. Um, so there's, you know, some mm-hmm. inconvenience associated with that. We're talking about people who have lost loved ones, uh, individuals who may just be sick, uh, people losing loved ones for from COVID, but just losing loved ones in general at this time. Um, it's tough. You know, I lost my grandfather last week and, you know, not being able to really grieve, you know, like like our conversations we've had, just not really being able to process that in in a way that, you know, we're used to as a family, as a community. It's like kind of having to make accommodations, you know, so that inconvenience, people have lost jobs, um, different gigs. Um, and then we talk about systemic racism, you know the police brutality, mm-hmm. the, the murder of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, um, Ahmaud Arbery, you know, like it's, it's, it's all of these things kind of impacting, like just compacted on top of one another. Um, you know, seeing the, this, this killing and, and the, the response from media um, early on, you know, I think there's, there's fear associated with the fact that we potentially could find ourselves having to repeat some hurt of, you know, these um, former officers now being um, acquitted. Um, We have, you know, the Breonna Taylor situation where those cops haven't been arrested. You know, I heard recently that they they recently just reopened that case. So that's a small win. But all of these things on top of our communal response to what's been happening, you know, so going online and seeing people justify, you know, their stance um, on, you know, who picking aside um, that whole conversation about being non-racist versus anti-racist, um, mm-hmm. just overall ignorance, you know, just conversations that are kind of being thrown out that we are taking in and it's having an impact, even if it isn't the most well curated piece of thought, it still has an impact in the way that it makes us feel. And then just the overall mm-hmm. divide within the communities of um, everyone's opinions about how society is currently expressing the grief, the hurt, the pain, the frustration, the anger, the disappointment, the sadness, you know, the conversation about the protests and, you know, people speaking against that and then talking about rioting and looting, people using those all interchangeably and pointing the finger. I just think there's a lot that we're dealing with as a community that um, it's important for us to, I think, have a conversation about not so much trying to be this news outlet and give the facts and all that, but more so just talk about the individual, you know what I mean? You, myself, and just Mm -hmm. our community and how we're dealing with it. Um, And I really want to start with something I I, I gained, uh, something I learned in doing like research papers in grad school is this thing called positionality. Mm -hmm. And this was a new concept to me. I never had done research papers before. One of the hardest things I've done actually in my life is a research (laughs) paper. Um, And positionality is essentially... um, sharing like your social or political context which creates 
like mm. our identity. Um, like it describes, you know, all my influences, you know, potential biases, uh, my understanding of an outlook on the world and just different issues, uh, pretty much ex ex sharing the lens from which I look at the world. And for me, myself, black male from Los Angeles, um, I work in education, I work with uh, the currently and formerly incarcerated population, um, uh, background right now in counseling, like these all inform like my approach to, I think just the, my ideas and my concepts and the way that I kind of just process what's happening and how I deal with myself and the people around me immediately. <coughs> my tea. You all right, bro? My tea. Yeah, my tea. I tried to drink my tea quietly. Um, you did exactly the opposite. And it went down the wrong pipe, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know. I'm sorry, I know. I'm sorry. First question, are you okay, brother? Yes, yes, I'm okay. okay. I'm okay. okay. I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm I'm put a time. I don't know. You might want to cut that. That was crazy. No, you're good. I was, I was trying to hold hold back that cough. I couldn't. Go That's ahead. natural, bro. That's fine. <laughs> it's very natural. We all have had those experiences. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I, I just think that that's that's very um important in this time, and I think there's value in for me at least because you know I, I've I've been very mindful even on social media of what I've put up. You know, I've shown my solidarity. Yeah. Oh, there's just so much I can share, bro. Um show my solidarity in, in, in certain ways, but have been very mindful of the conversation that I contribute to online just because I know there's only so many characters I can share and there's only so many mm -hmm. people I can have the opportunity or the privilege of speaking with about my stance that I don't believe a tweet would encapsulate or a post would encapsulate. Um, and that's why I'm grateful for this podcast, you know, conversations that yeah. we're allowed to have on here. Um, that we give ourselves platform to have a conversation here. Um, and just my, 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 my community, my tribe, as you call it, I really love that the tribe yeah. of being able to process this without feeling this pressure, without giving into the pressure. Cause I feel the pressure of, of processing online, you know, for everyone else to see and, and, and ask questions about and make judgments about and, and say whether or not they agree like that, that to me is, is further, for, for me at least it gives it it further complicates my process because i'm also concerned about how are people going to perceive this you know so now i feel that um one, one, one thing i want to break down more you mentioned positionality so uh talk to me a little bit more about that what did you ex exactly mean by that so positionality just being um what is my position in the world you know so you know if i, mm -hmm. if I have a conversation with someone who works in let's say a uh, predominantly affluent area. Um, they come from uh, generations of, you know, maybe college educated. They, you know, have, um, I don't know, just a lot more opportunities and resources. And that's what they, that's all that they know. Their approach to a certain conversation is going to be um, through that lens of their experience and their knowledge. So stating my positionality is just speaking to my experiences and how those experiences may contribute to any biases that I may have about a different conversation or approach or belief or way of dealing with situations. So because the counselor approach, I'm going to approach people and just understanding, looking to understand where they're coming from versus maybe making a hard judgment or a hard statement about whether it's right or whether it's wrong. I'm more invested in figuring out who that person is and where they come from. Mm -hmm. So with, with hopes of... Uh, sharing information that could potentially help them or sharing information that may um, provide another perspective or another experience for them. 
So that's something I value. Yeah. Whereas someone else, you know, maybe in like a, a more technical job or a more um, maybe direct approach may feel as though that's beating around the bush or may feel as though that's unnecessary or taking too much time or too much gray area. Like my, my background, my work, my job, my training shapes the way I see the world. It shapes my perspective. Got it. So does it, does your identity shape the way you see the world too? Is it mainly a background there training? Yeah. So or is, or does everything encompasses the things that make your everything. Identity? Yeah. Okay. So my all so being a black male informs me greatly. Being from Los Angeles informs me greatly. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. those are biases that I'm sure that contributes to certain biases that I otherwise would not have been aware of if I didn't come from those environments. If I didn't have that experience, this no, experience sure. as a black male. You know. So for sure, someone making a comment about you know a judgment about what it means to be black and be a male. I may take offense to because I know what it feels like to be one. So, you know, yeah. and, and that can happen even within our own, within the same identity. Somebody else who's a black male may have a different experience if they're part of like the LGBTQ plus no, community. So intersectionality comes into the conversation. So yeah. yeah, all the things that could potentially have an impact. So what were some of your, um, your ideas? You were saying that, you know, like you don't feel like you have enough characters on social media to express ex exactly what you're like been thinking and feeling and processing so what is that exactly <clears throat> um i think my biggest my biggest question is how do i express myself after seeing the killing of george floyd after um did you so you watched the video yeah i, wa I watch i watched that video um Wow. I wasn't aware of what was happening. I think had I known, especially after the um, Ahmaud Arbery, I probably would have like mm. chose differently. But I, had you seen Ahmaud's video as well? I have. I have. Yeah, you've seen both. Okay. Yeah, I've seen both of them. Um, my my immediate feeling is that um, it's upsetting. You know, it's upsetting, um, and it's actually really sad that I'm not surprised, but I'm definitely disappointed that mm -hmm. we're continuously having to face the same thing decades and decades later just from the experiences of, you know, um, our parents, our parents' parents, just this continuous cycle, you know? Um, yeah. What it does for me immediately is it upsets me, but it also fuels me in the work that I do today, you know, in, in educating mm -hmm. and working with those incarcerated, uh, those formerly incarcerated, um, educating those who are coming up in this world, giving them perspective. It fuels the work that I do. Um, and, and, but at the same time, I, I feel what I feel. I still hurt, you know? So for me, it's yeah. like, okay, I know I have a part to play. You know, the way I respond to this is very different than how I, how I responded to Trayvon Martin, Mike Brown, mm -hmm. you know, Eric Garner, the list goes on. Um, I'm in a different place, you know? So I feel as though I've grown to be um, a little bit more aware of myself and where I am in the present to make a very informed decision about what I think is appropriate for myself today. That could change tomorrow. It could change yeah. next month. It could change next year. And I've given myself permission to, to be that, to have that for myself, you know? Um, yeah. I hope that, I hope that answers that. And like the way I, no, I've, I feel it. I've yeah, processed. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. Yeah. My only follow up was, uh, no, go ahead. for it. Go for it. No, no. My only follow up was just, um, Cause you were saying, uh, was, was that the piece that you're, um, processing as far as like, um, what you haven't had enough characters to express? Um, no, 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 no. So that, that was that process that I just explained was what I needed for myself, you know, to be right. very clear. 
prior to showing up on social media and being got you you know my mind being infiltrated with other people's ideas and opinions and judgments and you know expectations um when i get online i mean bro it's been so difficult to just get online and receive information and disconnect like i like there were days i'm literally online i'm like okay i'm gonna get off and three hours later i'm you know on articles i'm reading up I'm, i'm looking at other people's opinions i'm looking at tweets i'm looking at videos i'm looking at every single thing that's coming out i'm updating i'm looking at hash i don't even look at hashtags normally bro yeah i'm typing in hashtags i'm looking up you know these different acts i'm looking up oh man I'm, it's it was it was overwhelming it's deep. it's deep yeah it's deep um yeah i mean it is mad overwhelming so i think it's like what this with it's just so so one thing i think that's very special about about this particular um murder um not to put it bluntly is everybody's at home you know this kind of reminds me of of or at least what i imagine it would have been like maybe a hundred years ago you know on the radio or maybe in the 40s or 50s with television and things where you know everybody's watching this This is the only way to get information you know because it's like we're all at home right now so i feel like the pandemic in a way set the stage for this this moment in civil rights history because otherwise people had obligations you know what i mean Mm. Where they couldn't, you know, pay so much attention. I was talking to some friends earlier, and I'm like, you look at Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish, or, you know, LeBron or whoever, right? You can, you know, whoever, whoever, you know, whoever you want to put in there, and they would normally be working right now, you know. So LeBron would have to protest during his pregame, but he had to go play his game. True. Kevin Hart would have to, you know, tweet or whatever in between takes, but he has to go, you know, film this movie, but. This is the first time in at least my lifetime where everyone is there. And then even, you know, I have so much more time than I had before to inform myself, to educate myself, to keep abreast of, of what's going on. So I mean, in that way, it can really be overwhelming. My question for you, though, is how do you manage the opinions you don't agree with? You know, when you're on social media, you're seeing people who even at times are being divisive. Mm. Um, yeah. How do you how do you how do you stomach that? How do you handle that? Do you speak out? Do you say anything? Do you just kind of let it unfold? Um, for example, to set the stage, that the um, the Blackout Tuesday Bro, thing is actually a great I'm example. So glad you that. said that. Go for it. Yeah, um, yeah. We had mad. I had a heart to heart with the homie the other day about it because like she like she was really hurt and I was too in a okay. way because you know. Tell me. Go ahead. Go, but go ahead. I want. Huh? No, no. Tell me that. Tell me that they were really hurt because what? Well, no. It was just yeah. So um, really good friend of mine had posted for Blackout Tuesday. And in my opinion, she did it right. You know, she posted the black square and not only did she post it, but she posted it with instructions and information, you know. So it was, you know, uh, today's Blackout Tuesday, you know, pretty much not posting anything that is about you today. Pretty much if you're going to post, post about black business or black awareness or about social injustice or how to how to create social reform or police reform like we're staying on these topics today you know mm-hmm. she hashtagged the um blackout tuesday did not hashtag uh uh, uh black lives matter and you know then she went on to post black businesses back to back to back to back to back all day you know mm-hmm. and she was shouting out these amazing black businesses and resources that i hadn't heard of right so seeing her <laughs> do that encouraged me to do it you know so i did it and i um echoed a lot of her her same uh messages because i believed in it you know and then a few people um heard about this documentary that i absolutely adore um many rivers to cross it's uh, available on amazon prime and it covers the 
you know, pretty much the entire black American experiences from the time that, you know, we were shipped over here enslaved to, you know, Obama. So oh, wow. at any rate, you know, um, she felt a way because, you know, we had friends that were speaking out against this, like, don't do this. You know, you guys are silencing people in a the time they should be speaking yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yo, like everybody has their land. I just don't understand why we choose now to be divisive. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, if anything, like help, you know, say yeah do the black i mean the do the blackout thing for those that, that weren't doing it right and also add you know let's support each other or promote black business or, or whatever 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 but when you just say don't do blackout tuesday you're missing a lot of the good in it because people are hearing about black businesses that they wouldn't have heard about otherwise or people are connecting in ways that they may not have connected otherwise and even thinking about the idea of you know not spending our money in certain places at least one day a week what would that do you know yeah so yeah Anyway, I think people get really opinionated. So my question to you again was, how do you deal with that? Or what do you think about that? Yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought up Blackout Tuesday because I actually had an experience where I got caught mm. up. Um, mm. So prior to Blackout Tuesday, I saw the hashtag, the show must be paused. And I believe there was two, um, two black women who were putting this together, if I'm not mistaken. And... Um, they they mentioned that their purpose, well, they put out a statement after that whole confusion. People were going back and forth and were divided on whether or not they should participate. Um, that -hmm. the purpose was not to mute themselves, but it was to disrupt. And it was a pause, you know, from just business as usual. And they have even put out clarification on what hashtags to use. But for whatever reason, there was also another post that had went out. Um, this is actually the post that I put up because I had logged on to Twitter after disconnecting. I finally got the strength to disconnect. And when I opened up my Instagram, just looking for my daily dose of like dopamine, I see a nothing but black squares, you know, and I'm kind mm-hmm. of unsure because of what was happening, because I, to my knowledge, the blackout, what my understanding was prior to reading that clarification post was that it was uh, to impact the music industry in some capacity, something mm-hmm. about not streaming was what I heard. So I didn't have much information, but at this point, by when I logged back on, I was like, oh, it's happening right now. I see everyone posting black and they're making the hashtags. Let me just join in on solidarity and also put it up because I'm on my Instagram and I'm shocked. Like, yo, everything's black. What's happening? So immediately I'm, mm-hmm. I'm met with the fact that it's impactful to the point that at least it's made me slow yeah. down and see solidarity i see community i see unity i see togetherness you know what i mean now i didn't do my due diligence but i did find a post that was explaining exactly what i thought was happening at the time and it just had the date at the top it said don't post on social media post a black image for solidarity on all social media platforms suspend music streams youtube streams cancel close suspend participation in all dance studios classes meetings Find ways to identify and help your community and strengthen your knowledge on contemporary race relations and history of black social, political, economic plight in the U.S. Right. And it said, hashtag Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter. Hashtag the show must be paused. So I I recall the show must be paused. And I'm like, oh, that's what is happening. Okay, now I actually see clearly outlined what's going on. So I post it 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes pass. And I have a friend that's posting. <clears throat> oh, y'all bought the lie. Y'all so stupid. Y'all some dumbasses. Y'all idiots. Like y'all just silence yourselves. Mm-hmm. Good, good going. Like you know, we finally had a platform. <clears throat> excuse me. We finally have a platform. People are listening, and you decide to to silence us. <clears throat> excuse me. You must be like if you're doing this, you an op. 
So it's all these judgments, mm. right? And I immediately, yeah. I'm like, dang, I didn't even think about the fact that it's silencing us. And then they posted where they were going through the hashtag Black Lives Matter and scrolling through the feed. And it's all black for, I mean, a minute. So you're like, yo, what happened to all the videos and all the information? I never considered that, right? Because I'm not one to really use hashtags. Mm. I didn't even put a hashtag with my post. I just posted an emoji, you know? And... In that yeah. moment, I'm like, damn, I'm so glad she said that. But then I hate the fact I'm glad that I was able to read that and pull out the information and not be so offended. But I said, if I wasn't in a position to recognize myself and what I valued and why I was making my decision, I could have immediately been embarrassed and took it all down. Or I could have been extremely mad that she's like, oh, you an op. And just to prove her wrong, um, I could have kept it up just to kind of be like, nope, you know? And she ended up DMing me and like, yo, take this down. You're like, basically, um, you're silencing us, you know? And, I'm, and not, nothing mm -hmm. rude in that personal message, but I was like, yo, I appreciate you posting. I wasn't aware. I did, I, I did not consider what this was doing for the, po for, the, for the hashtag. And I took it down from my story because I posted the directions on my story to give other people context. And in that post I put up, the hashtag Black Lives Matter was on it. So that was the reason why I took it down because I didn't want to mislead anyone and have them hashtag mm -hmm. those two hashtags and it contribute to the silencing. So I took down the post from my story that was misleading, but I kept the black post on my page because there was no hashtag and it wasn't silencing us it was showing solidarity and i still posted yeah. videos and information so i felt like it required me <clears throat> excuse me it, it required me to take an introspective look at why am i posting because i want to show solidarity so i'm not going to remove it because my purpose is for solidarity now, my purpose isn't to silence, so I need to make clear that I'm not silencing in any way. And also, I need to be even more mindful that I am posting. And if I am posting, it's not, you know, this podcast, it's not, you know, the photos I took or it's not the homies music. I'm posting things that are, are, are particularly adding to what I value in that moment, educating people so that they're informed, right? I could have taken the approach to post the homies music and art if my focus was posting the businesses and the people who are black artists, mm -hmm. black creatives, black professionals, whatever, right? But for me, I made the decision that my goal was to post information on what can be done, the donations, the petitions, mm -hmm. the emails that can be sent. And that's what I did, you know? So that was kind of like my approach to it. And, and my takeaway was like, yo, we don't all know everything, right? So once again, from my lens, I think it's important to educate people like, yo, you all are posting, you know, this Black Lives Matter. Look at what this is actually doing. Go back and just remove it, you know, in a more like loving education, educational way. Right. Because like right. you said, we all are seeing what's happening. We all are frustrated. We're looking for an outlet. And here we are finally with something that we all can do. And now you're like, like judging, labeling us, insulting us, you know what I mean? For for our attempt. Yeah. We're not gonna get we're not gonna get it right every single time. No one knows how to necessarily respond and process these emotions. So you don't wanna add salt to injury. You know what I mean? So no, for sure. <clears throat> that was kind of my approach to handling a situation. And I think that that same approach can kind of be taken when we're looking at all the other feedback that we're seeing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to realize that everyone is trying, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, for us, you know, we don't have a systematic approach to how we're going to um, 
keep this thing going and start to keep these conversations alive and show solidarity and unity and, and, and all of those things. But I think, you know, when it's a blanket thing of don't do this, you know, because you're silencing us, you know, that's, you can't say that, you know, when you have millions of people on this platform, because everyone isn't silencing us. A lot of people are still talking about reform. A lot of people are still posting to black businesses and, you know, advocating for change and so on. So, I mean, the biggest issue I think is just every, like when one person thinks they know all the answers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then now you have this divide, this line. It's like this isn't the time. Like, you know, I had um, I took my black post down because I think I also tagged Black Lives Matter. Oh no, actually no, I don't think I tagged Black Lives Matter, but something I did in there I, I, I didn't like, so I took it down and reposted it. But I reposted the black square with the cities that are starting primaries. Mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so well, somebody commented on that even was just like you know phone has never worked for us blah 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 this and the third i'm like you know I, and at first i wanted to delete his comment yeah. but i said no this is actually an opportunity to you know maybe educate yeah you know so i took another approach and you know kind of responded with love like yo i see your position i felt the same way too however i watched this documentary many rivers to cross and it changed my views on that. Wow. You know, then my other homie went in on him, you know, yeah. and then they went back and forth. I'm like, bro, yo, if y'all got an issue, man, y'all can DM each other, man, because this ain't the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't, we don't <laughs> you know what I mean? Right now, on, on, on this platform nah. in that way. Yeah. Nah, yeah. nah, not at all. But the, the idea, though, is I think this isn't the time to, you know, divide, divide, divide the camp. Like, I think the important thing to realize is that everybody's trying and to respect the effort, man. We look at the heart, like, if somebody's gonna say something wrong, I got homies that have made some wrong comments, you know, that are, you know, uh, African descent or, or Pan-African, I'll say, mm -hmm. but they're from different countries and they just don't quite have the, the entire entire picture here. But at the end of the day, I think, I think it's really important that we just understand that, you know, we don't need to be fighting amongst each other on social media nonetheless like mm. i think the blackout tuesday thing is actually a great thing especially if you're gonna spend money at certain places right. on, on like one day a week like i think all of that can be good but i, I don't I, that just doesn't happen when we're trying to you know criticize people for their efforts yeah i agree i agree and i think that criticism is is we, we there's no way to say how people are going to respond to that and somebody may literally be like yo i don't like the way that makes me feel i'm just not going to do anything now you know what i mean um, yeah. Like you said, yeah. people are right. out here trying, and and you you made the statement uh, when somebody says, "Oh, take that down. That's wrong." You said you can't say that, and I love the fact that you said that because you know we have this thing of well, what's right, what's wrong. Why can't they say that? I think that we often um, walk away from the responsibility we have when we have a platform. I look at you know before social media was a thing all we had were like you know your magazines your newspapers just your news on tv there's a responsibility in the way that news is reported media shared you know from these stations and these reporters and these journalists and the list goes on of just people who who um provide insight in that way and you know, they study journalism, they study some form of reporting or some form of something, or the people that follow them appreciate their perspective. And I think now we have gotten to a point where we all have, you know, the opportunity to utilize these same platforms and essentially become journalists of our own. With no training. You know what I mean? But we don't have, like you said, we don't have the training on yeah. how to put messages out. You know, you could have a reporter start putting out a message, but even though they know they're about to do a thread of like 10 different tweets that give full context they still need to be mindful that any one of those texts can be pulled apart from from the grouping and be 
misconstrued, if not properly written, properly expressed, you know? Um, and mm -hmm. I think we don't necessarily take that same approach. One, we don't have the training and, you know, there isn't this requirement, if you will. But I think as consumers of this media, we have to recognize that there isn't training. You know, we have to recognize that there aren't people there fact checking before these individuals start posting stuff, you know. So when we're receiving information from myself, I should say, my first thing is, OK, that's interesting. Why is this tweet intrigue me or why is this piece of information intrigue me? Oh, man, you know, there's this video that was going on about these uh, cops who essentially started harassing this black guy and thought that he had a warrant because they thought that he was someone else. They finally get into his pocket, look at his, his ID, and they finally let him go and stop harassing him. The video was circulating like, oh, this dude was an FBI agent. I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm listening to it and it's circulating, like circulating. Ah, these cops are, you know, feel crunchy. They, 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 like they, they feel uh, crunchy. <laughs> like they're embarrassed essentially, right? Because they got the wrong guy and who they got and who they're harassing was actually an FBI agent. And I'm looking at the video and I'm listening and there's nothing in this video that tells me this guy's an FBI agent. The wallet he pulls out is regular. Um, he doesn't say anything. No one mentions FBI. And I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. Um, maybe there's an ID or something I'm not familiar with that he potentially had. And come to find out later after fact checking and going to that guy's page, he's not an FBI agent, you know, but simple as that. I could have shared it and that. I would have put out that information and someone else who got it from me would have believed the same thing. So I think it's really important that we have a process by which we're retaining information and what we're giving value to and fact checking on our own because we can't trust the media that's being put out, especially from individuals like ourselves who are just putting stuff out and, and having an opinion about it because if, you know, thankfully that's just a video and an opinion about someone's career, but if this is something about what's happening in society and, you know, I'm putting information out that's wrong, I posted the wrong curfew time and I found out it changed, I'm, I'm taking it and putting it back up. But if somebody's going off of the information I'm posting, they have to have they, they have to be mindful that that information is fact checked for themselves, at least. And that, that's like for me, yeah. I go on Google, I do a search, I look at reputable sources, I read it, I think about it, I meditate, like meditate on it in the sense that like I'm making sense of it for myself as well, because I know media report, mm -hmm. reporters are also putting out information. And unfortunately, they're more concerned with time than they are. Some reporters are more concerned with time as opposed to um, like how reliable the source is or how factual yeah. the information is. So I just think there's an, there's an important element of it, given our, our, our culture, that we as consumers of content do our due diligence in like ensuring what we're receiving and taking in and allowing ourselves to feel is at least sound because it it's yeah. it's, it's 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 heavy it's heavy when 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 we're taking in these opinions and feeling like i need something to do but people are telling me if i do this i'm wrong so now i feel silence now i feel like i can't do something now i feel like i can't contribute and i just i just really hate that division bro yeah i do too man i do too I do too. I mean, right now it's just so much, so many bigger fish to fry, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like, um, like right now, everything we're dealing with is very immediate and very short term. Like a lot of the stuff that's you know beginning to happen is is um, mildly encouraging. You know, mm -hmm. some of the the Mount Aubrey trial and you know some of these convictions and some of the swiftness in which they're you know 
dealing with the officers that are, are breaking the law pretty much, mm-hmm. continuing to break the law. But, you know, I think it's also important for us all to recognize like what's the toll this has on us, you know, both mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and also begin to strategize or even maintain ourselves in the process because while this is happening man i feel like you know there's going to be a a huge uptick in um trauma you know and facts you know ptsd and and so many different things if people aren't careful to people are mindful of, 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 of of like you said what they're consuming you know yeah yeah that's real i i um I've definitely been mindful in that. I think as of late, only within these last few days, like I mentioned before, just because of, I think, the recognizing the weight that it was having on me. Like, I literally had to check out of my staff meeting mm. that I had on Monday just because it was all taking a toll on me. I was I was tweeting, I mean, researching like a madman the day before, that morning, and I'm in this meeting and just that, tone of like all is well in the world from my non-black co-workers not and this mm-hmm. to me is an issue for everyone but more specifically as a black man i just felt like overlooked i felt dismissed i felt un like no one cared you know and it's not that i needed their acknowledgement for any particular reason but it would have done it would have made me at least feel a little better it would have let me at least feel like i was seen you know being hypersensitive at this time i think is 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 expected and I think that there's need for us to be more compassionate and empathetic towards the people around us. And I think, you know, some of that has contributed to the fact that a lot of people are just uncomfortable. And I'm okay with recognizing that while also recognizing that their discomfort also makes me uncomfortable. And they could be very much so entitled mm-hmm. to their discomfort. And I don't have any expectations, but that also doesn't mean that I still don't feel what I feel. And I had to recognize that, but it took me like a day or two to really come to that, that piece for myself. And I come to realize like, you know what, non-blacks as well as other blacks, you know, they don't owe anyone their anger, you know, as great as it would be if they were to speak up and, and contribute, they don't owe it to us. Now, I think the concern comes into play when that energy is used to speak against what's happening. And that's when it becomes super offensive because it feels very insensitive, you know, because mm-hmm. I think about another situation, not to compare um, uh, systemic issues and like struggles and challenges from different communities. But putting myself in the position of someone who isn't directly impacted by what's going on, I look back to the um, the challenges that the undocumented population has had within our within our administration and you know, undocumented, meaning, you know, they don't have papers, so they're not U.S. citizens or permanent residents. They either have like DACA mm. or they are undocumented or uh, dreamers as they or, as they also may identify. Um, you know, in my line of work, I'm exposed to a lot of individuals who are dreamers, documented students and undocumented. And I wasn't too familiar about the realities of that life, of, 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 of that, of that experience. And in working with these families, there was so much information that I was not privy to. So I had to do some research, ask the right questions, and go to the people I trust most who have been informing me and ask them how I can go about being more sensitive to 
those experiences and not putting anyone who experiences that type of um, situation in an uncomfortable position out of my ignorance. And in that time, there were some protests that were going on. There were posts that were going up. There was documentaries being shared. And I myself, as someone who's on the outside of that direct experience, wasn't online posting and, and, and advocating and out there protesting because I did not understand fully. I took the time to educate myself. I started watching documentaries, asking questions, and I started to have a better understanding of a little bit of what that experience was like. And because of that, you know, months in, years in, and now I'm like four years removed from that, that time, I'm a lot more informed and actually has a, have, a tra- have attended Dream Ally trainings. You know, what it means to be an ally. Having a social security number is a privilege, right? And having that privilege, what can I do? Like voting to help those individuals who aren't able to vote for themselves because of their citizenship status. I became so well educated that, you know, when situations come up, I now can post from an informed place. Mm -hmm. Because when those that response comes, I can inform people who are uninformed. I can speak up from a place of experience. I could experience of working with these populations. I'm now in a place where at one point I was educating myself silently and somebody could have hit me up like, you ain't with us. You you should be upset. You should be this. You should be that. But you're quiet, you know. And I would just say, no, I'm actually educating mm-hmm. myself because I don't feel comfortable speaking up when I don't have the information. But I'm doing my due diligence to learn because this is important to me. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's also that room in giving people space to show solidarity in their own unique ways. And for me, it was educating myself and then stepping in on how to be an advocate. And I think that there's space for us to have those convos as opposed to just assuming that people are choosing to be silent because they don't care, you know? And I think the, the, the offense for me, like I said, would be if I, in that situation would have put up posts about how inconsiderate it is, how inconvenient it is that these protests are happening. That would have been a totally different space because I would have been speaking against what was happening and something I did not know about. You know, because I could have very much got educated and made the decision. I'm not for it. You know what I mean? That's Mm. a different stance because I'm doing so from an informed place for myself. Fortunately, that wasn't the case. I got informed and I would consider myself an advocate and a supporter of that community. You know, so I look at where we are and our circumstances. And I just don't like the fact that this divide is continuously being perpetuated when it comes to how people feel about the protests and um, their specific concerned with the individuals who are making the decision to express their pain through looting and you know uh, any forms of rioting the fires the whole nine it's all this finger pointing all this blame all this miscommunication misinformation and people are still choosing to speak up in ignorance about maybe something they're not taking the time to truly understand and and uh, uh, be more um, effective in yeah, man, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you in, in, on some parts. I think it's just about one acknowledging that there's a problem. You know what I mean? I think I want, I want to, I want to believe that a lot of the frustrations from that is that some people are just ignoring that this is a problem. You know, um, I think um, I had a conversation today actually, and one of the one of the things expressed was there are some casting directors, casting directors in Atlanta that just refuse to like even make a statement or speak out, even though that they are benefiting from, you know, 
our position here in America or, you know, our art. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're casting yes. black and brown folks, but you don't, you don't acknowledge that there's an issue here, you know? So I feel like, I mean, I want to believe that it's coming from that place, you know? Um, but I do agree. I mean, I, I don't think that everybody needs to be just speaking up and texting their black friend and, and bombarding them because that oh, too can annoying. be... Yeah, I mean, me. I didn't want to call it annoying, but <laughs> annoying it, it, it can't it can be it can be problematic, you know. Um, <laughs> some people are doing it right out of you know good um with good intentions, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just it's tough. It's tough. It's really it's not to say don't reach out, but you know, part of it too is like, yo, it took all of this. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, and 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 I, I agree with you. Um, in that space of like you know the the organizations and businesses that have benefited specifically from black talent and black work, um, that they yes. have a different responsibility. So I think calling out those organizations is, ex- is extremely important. Just like we have, you know, journalists have a responsibility to cover and be thorough. I think businesses, organizations have that same responsibility and people of influence because they have influence. It comes with a different set of responsibility. Um, my particular mm-hmm. example is more geared towards the people, you know what I mean? The people that we know yeah. who may just be uncomfortable. Now, I'm not saying that we don't say anything because I can very much hit them up and be like, hey, you know what? With everything happening, it, it it's extremely offensive that in you know our meeting that I felt like nothing was addressed and things were carrying on as if all was well in the world. You know, I think it's really important that that we address what's happening and not act as if, you know, you know, it's just another Monday morning, you know, in that moment. I, now I'm opening the floor for them to speak, to say, hey, you know what? I'm aware and I'm afraid or I didn't know what to say or I don't think that I don't agree. Now we have now we have some something to work with. OK, individual who feels like yeah. you need to educate yourself. I respect that. But at the very least, please at least inform me that you care. Person who feel like you feel differently, then right. at least reach out to have a conversation on figuring out what's what's going on and, and and educate. I mean, take the time to educate yourself. And if we have a relationship we can have that conversation, you know, because I personally, Tarek, am open to that. Um, and then when I say that what's annoying to me is when there's just this expectation that we as black people have some type of medicine that non-blacks can take to just understand what's happening, to feel the pain. You know, um, I think that it must be handled with care. And I think there has to be some established relationship so that it is not so that it is not miscommunicated, you know. Um, some random person can't just hit me up and be like, so what is it like being black? Or how do you feel about this? Cause I don't know your intentions, but if it's someone that I have a relationship with and we've had conversations, not even necessarily pertaining to that, we have to have some context, you know, but I think the annoying piece is, is the, those moments where it's like, well, what can I do? What should I do when all that information is available on social media and Google, you know? So I think it's just those inconsiderate approaches. You know, I've had people who are non-black, especially reach out you know, and tell me that, you know, they, they, they don't understand, you know, the pain, but they're, you know, informing themselves and here to listen if I need to vent or, you know, they identify whatever it is that they're giving. I appreciate those, but it's the more so that approach of like, prove me wrong. You know what I mean? Or reaching mm-hmm. out to impose how they don't see color though. That's annoying to me. You know what I mean? Because to me yeah. that that's associated with some level of guilt about, their approach and their maybe silence or whatever. And they're looking to get some type of validation and justification for how they feel. And that I'm not with. I mean, I think that's one of the worst comments you can make. I don't see color. Oh, because if, if you don't see color, then you're ignoring the state of, of, of America. Yeah. You ignore my America. identity. Yeah. 
Yeah, because you can just you can say, yeah, I don't see color, but that doesn't that just ignores the problem, you know, because, you know, what I'm hearing is you don't see that color is an issue here, which it is. But my question is, do you think that we have a responsibility to help educate those that aren't abreast on the um, systematic institutional racism or. Yeah, that's, that's my first question. Do you think that we have any responsibility to help educate? So great. I think that's a great question. I think I, I've been in a lot of spaces where that's kind of come up and I haven't really had a clear answer to that. Um, for me, I think I heard something really interesting and, and it was that it's my friend was actually on live with a friend of hers and she had said that it's a different conversation if you said, hey, with everything going on, I know that this is extremely difficult. This is from a non-black person. Can we get together and discuss as a team or as a collective on what we can do to better address what's happening? To me, that sounds collaborative. It's a working together, unity, community, the whole nine. Difference of opinions and perspectives, of course, you know, but we're coming into a space with the intention of working that out. I think the burden of that responsibility is inappropriate when there's just an expectation of, I'm just going to pull up a seat because you're black and you're a teacher. I mean, I'm going to pull up a seat and because you're black, you are now forced to become a teacher. Not every black person is an educator, is a teacher, is someone that has the interest, the capacity, the desire, the uh, uh, even the information, if you will, to educate in a way that could help that person. You get what I'm saying? So I feel like that's just insensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that those of us that have the willingness um, and aren't offended and don't feel burdened by the opportunity to educate, I think, you know, there, there's space to offer those services if, if desired, you know? Um, but to just have that expectation to me, I think it's inappropriate. So I don't know if we necessarily have mm-hmm. a responsibility, but I do think that there is value in being able to participate in collaborative spaces if that is something that that person of color like that person chooses to do with other people of color or non-blacks you know what i mean in, or non-people like people who aren't people of color i hate this all this terminology has got to be very clear um of other communities in these spaces you know what i mean so um yeah so yeah I, it, it's a it's a it's a I think it's a it's a no, but there are exceptions if that black person in particular has offered or has agreed to such terms. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. What what's your take on that? How do you, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about, about that that, that process uh, of taking responsibility to educate that I think is kind of put out there? I think it's important, man. Um I mean I mean, we could all get into like, you know, arguing that it's not my job to educate you, educate yourself. But I feel like if there are people, the best people, like, for example, I think about my um, my friends that are um, in the LGBTQ plus community. You know, I learn more and I care more when I'm speaking to somebody that I care about. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because and it, it's when I'm not when I'm separated from that community, I don't really know anybody. I'm not familiar with it. I don't really understand it fully, because I haven't really had a conversation and broke bread with them. It's it's a completely different thing, you know. But when you have broke bread and had conversations and really understood where this person's coming from, really sat down and, and saw them eye to eye, I think it really changes 
your perspective and your vantage point, right? And to bring that back around to, you know, the Pan-African community black or the black community, whatever. I'm not even sure what the call is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, when you bring it back around to us, I feel like, you know, when there are people reaching out and thirsty for information, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to have an hour conversation, which I'm sure many of us have recently, but it does mean that maybe you, you know, can recommend a book like White Fragility, which I haven't read, but I've heard a lot about of late, you know, or you can't say, hey, check this documentary on Many Rivers to Cross. That's that's something I've educated myself with. Or, mm-hmm. you know, check out this podcast. If if not you, I think it is important to to have some sort of, some sort of, uh, you know, game plan or reservoir of just information some to tools. offer and just yeah. to some tools, right? Something to pass along. So I hear that. I don't think the answer is it's not my responsibility to educate yourself. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that. I, I like that. I actually like that. I, I think, I think that that's doable if we at least have the tools to offer. You know, and I think even I have posted something really, really awesome. Something I found awesome on my my timeline, and it was a a post that was breaking down ways to kind of turn the conversations that often come up, especially as a black person, when other people are uncomfortable or disagree with the stance. And I'm talking about even with other black people. Um, and it was like, oh, um, but why are they being so violent? You know, and instead of like you know knowing, it maybe even talking yeah, about protesters, it's like who the police you know what i'm saying like yeah. challenging those conversations and allowing there to be another set of like perspective another perspective considered in those spaces um and i feel like that was a great use of tools you know um like how to refocus the conversation on like what's more important you know and this is from that person's post wow have you seen the news it's like yeah isn't it incredible how the country's coming together to demand justice you know so it's not mm-hmm. you know focused on what that person feels is negative it's kind of taking that control and not allowing that person to um get to a place where you feel like you feel backed into a corner you have to represent the black community or represent those who are protesting you know what i mean um it's it's allowing for that conversation to open up a little bit more and tools like that i found have even helped me because as 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 much of i as i've had conversations with you and other people within my tribe work in the sense of my students in the sense of my colleagues in the sense of the other organizations i'm a part of um the spaces that i exist in as a person of like um position within these others like other other groups i'm having to like facilitate a lot of this conversation you know so i'm hearing a lot of this feedback that's so mixed and it gets draining having it over and over again and also constantly being exposed to people who have just different perspectives, not because I'm intolerant, but because it's just draining to have to constantly keep Mm -hmm. explaining and what feels like prove our hurt, prove our grief, prove the impact that this stuff has on us. You know what I mean? So I've had to find ways to um, change the way I show up in those spaces, the way that I respond to not necessarily always feel like I got to have that hour convo. Like you mentioned, sometimes I'm like, you know what? like there's a lot of information that i've been reading online that has also opened me up to some um but here's actually you know a couple posts that i've seen or here's what i've done i've gone on online and just searched the hashtag blm or i've searched the hashtag this or i've searched these names you know just some approaches rather than trying to explain it to them myself pointing them to some of the things that i've done 
to be informed. You know, like you said, those tools. So I definitely yeah. think that it's important to recognize that we have the ability and the tools even in conversation to determine whether or not we're going to be open to an hour conversation or if we're going to kind of nip this in the bud and just give, you know, the cliff notes of, hey, try these approaches and see where you where you get with that. You know, I think that that's very helpful Yeah, for sure. because I think that this yeah, is I an ongoing convo. Have some, no, it is. It's going to definitely be an ongoing convo. And I think you have to have some kind of answer. I just don't think the answer is, you know. Yeah that's not my job yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it's almost like if you had if you, if you if you like we all work together so it's almost like you work at target and you know you're in electronics but they're asking about you know something in the the health the you know in the you know body the health the body wash or whatever mm-hmm. you know, they, they go for the body wash you can't be like oh man i, I need my department it's like well bro you work here <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean well i i guess the only concern i have i guess about that is the fact that this person has made the decision to apply to work to target work at target you know what i mean it's like we didn't ask to mm-hmm. sign up to be black so we also didn't sign up to to have to inform people you know i think it goes right. back down to values you know because there's some people who just i don't want to be bothered with anything you know what i mean no 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 what I, what I was saying is like you know i guess i should have finished it the thought what i was saying is not necessarily that we have to be the one informed like oh man that's not my area but yo go um go check out some of killer mike's podcast mm. or you know actually ti did a dope thing about that or this documentary or this book or whatever at least give some kind of guidance as opposed to just dismissing it god you know I mean? as opposed to just shutting that's, it, that's kind of what just I mean. shutting it down like yeah. no don't talk I don't to agree me with, i mean i don't agree with setting down yeah, yeah like that's not my you know or just even be, like or even letting yourself become frustrated it's just like yo this is the reality and the mm. way it is and i think it's important that you know we make those small changes i think that's like that daily activism yeah and i just can't imagine james baldwin or um you know uh the Panthers or MLK or Muhammad Ali, you know, whoever, yeah. you know what I mean? Muhammad Ali, I can imagine them not having any answer. Or LeBron or J. Cole, I imagine they have some kind of, Damn. you know, hey, check this out. I love that. You know, they leave them with some kind of nugget. I love you know the way I mean? you put that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I think yeah. for me, hearing it from you right now makes me want to literally spend some time. Like I said, I had to sit sit on this conversation, you know, for the past few days. Um you know, not it's not even super intentionally, but sitting on it has brought me a different level of peace for myself. Um, mm-hmm. After hearing you say that, to take some time to think about if I were approached, even if and for you, for you all listening, if you haven't been approached, what is something that you can share with somebody? You know, you talked about many rivers to cross, documentary, um, white fragility. You know, and just offering that as something for somebody to look into, even if we haven't read it or watched it. Hey, I heard a podcast that mentioned white fragility as a good book or I heard a podcast talk about the documentary Many Rivers to Cross like that is a tool that you can give someone you're also not pretending to have been informed about what that is but you heard it recommended you know what I mean like that's something cool to do to also help protect our own peace to say that we're not allowing people to come in and make us feel like we're required or obligated to inform and teach in a way that brings us frustration or disrupts our process of healing yeah yeah but i do i do i do firmly believe we're required to inform ourselves you know mm-hmm. and it's interesting because part of part of this week for me has been feeling like a little what's the word feeling a little i guess guilty or frustrated with some of you know my ideas and my former approach my former approaches to some of these conversations in the past mm-hmm. because i feel like you know I don't know if like you know if like a spoiled kid that like doesn't really know where he comes from in a way 
because things have progressed so much at times where I don't fully recognize. Um, so for me, it's been this idea of like, this isn't the first rodeo as far as seeing this type of violence, you know, against black bodies, right? But I haven't really been active in and progressive enough to like really try to instill the kind of change that I can, you know, whatever that is, right? I'm still developing these ideas, mm-hmm. but for me it's kind of like, you know, I feel this this big responsibility now to both educate myself and empower myself to do my part, whatever that may be. And um, I actually want you to break down um, what you were telling me the other day about, you know, everybody kind of like, you know, playing their part, staying in the lane, doing their thing. I think you know what I'm talking yeah, about, Yeah, right? I do. I do. Um, yeah. No, nah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I I definitely feel that, bro, um, as far as that feeling that 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 weight of, of wanting to be informed and, and looking for, I guess, those, if you will, in, in like an ambiguous term, like looking for the answers, if you will. Um, I had a conversation with my mom about something totally like a totally different conversation and my mom and I both work in the service field and she was sharing with me her approach to her her task of service and her approach is definitely a lot more direct um and we were going back and forth because I felt as though she was mishandling an opportunity to do it the way I do it because I mm-hmm. saw based on our relationship and me knowing her, well, cause she's my mom, um, but also knowing her as an adult and as a human being with feelings and a heart for people. I felt as though I saw that she had the capacity to operate in a more loving, embracing way that won't be as harsh from the onset. And because of that, mm-hmm. I kind of, I didn't kind of, I, we, we got into it and I'm like, no mom, like that approach is, is, is dismissive. That approach is ignoring the human, ignoring the human. You're, you're, you're overlooking the human. You're talking about the, the, the branches, the, the result of what it is they may be feeling. Talk to the root, like the, the, the branches mm-hmm. are going to get taken care of if you get to the root, but you're trying to talk to the branches and cut away and cut away. It's going to keep growing back because you're not really dealing with it, you know, but what I came to realize, and this was like a two and a half hour conversation, so I think I'm doing it great justice in this summary. <laughs> but in, in in that convo, what I realized was she deals with people who come to her first. They come to her. Second, they're coming to her already having branches that they're removing for themselves. So they are coming looking for what other branches can I get rid of as I'm working through these roots, Right. I, on the other hand, am dealing with people or working with individuals. I'm like dealing with, but working with individuals who want growth, but don't even know where to begin. They don't know about roots. They don't know about branches. They don't even know about anything yet, you know, whatever capacity, whatever the topic is. And I'm just helping them identify, hey, you're on soil. These are some things that exist within you. Here are some of your values. Here are some of the things that you do. Are any of these things related? I'm helping you identify the tree of yourself. You know what I mean? What trees, what mm-hmm. fruit are you bearing? What do you need to prune? What do you need to water? What do you need to put sun on? I'm, I'm helping people just identify because that's my approach. I go to people and I provide this. My mom has people come to her. And because of that, that's why we were having such a huge disagreement in our philosophies was because we are operating 
in the same field of service, but have a totally different role in that. And that brought me to yeah. a place, and this conversation happened like Tuesday, to realize how I can even apply that to where we are now and just all that's happening in the world, especially when it comes to um, this this unrest, is we all have a different role when it comes to this fight, you know, to this protest, to standing up. Some of us are entertainers, right? And in this time, I'm telling you, music has been powerful. And yeah. I need the musicians to sing this pain. I mean, from a deep place so I can feel it and cry and, 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 and let go of that tension. But I also need the person who's in politics to talk and write up the legislation that's needed to undo the things that have been put into system. Why? Because I don't have the knowledge. So I need them there to advocate on that end. But then I also need the people in the community to rally others together to raise awareness of the people who are just removed because they aren't exposed to be out there on the front lines, to be in a part of these protests, to let people know what's happening. Right. Protests specifically, you know, no way, shape or form of what that looks like, because it looks like a lot of different things. And the whole point of it is to protest something. It's a, a, a direct um, response or reaction to what's happening. You know what I mean? Um, and we need people, uh, like myself. I need people like myself who are going to help meet me where I am and help me process through what it is I'm feeling to help ask the questions that I don't know about myself so I can have some peace and resolve about my values to figure out what that looks like and feels like. We need the people who are, you know, out there feeding the people, you know, feeding the homeless during this time because all these places are closed, whether it's because of quarantine and COVID or because of, you know, the, the demonstrations that are happening. We need those individuals out there. So everyone has their own part to play. But if we are mm. telling the musician that you ain't about nothing because you ain't out here feeding the homeless, if we tell the people who are feeding the homeless you ain't about nothing because you ain't writing legislation, we're getting our lines crossed and it's only going to bring division because we're undervaluing these people. And if these people don't have clear understanding of who they are and what they're bringing to the table, they're going to be very frustrated with themselves and the community because they aren't able to execute on the expectation that has been set. You know what I'm saying? Like, that musician may be frustrated with yeah. themselves because they don't know how to write legislation. You know what I mean? The educator may be frustrated because they don't know how to necessarily organize and put together a protest, right? And if we're going off of the expectation of the people and what they're saying, we're going to be a very confused people, community, uh, society, whatever, right? So we have to be mindful that everyone has a part to play. And while there is strength, and having support, because I don't just expect the people who have the, the the gift of organizing and protesting to only be the only people out there, right? Because just as the mm -hmm. musician has to create and do that, they need other people who are musicians and people who aren't musicians to listen and support their music. Just like the legislation that gets passed, we're not the ones writing it and putting it through the process, but they need us, those of us who are politicians and those of us who aren't, to get out there and vote. You know what I mean? Those who are raising awareness and organizing need those of us that aren't that to come out and support the protests, you know? And I think it's a matter of us figuring out where we fit in that, in that fight to say, you know what, I'm going to make an intentional effort as an educator to vote. I'm going to make an intentional effort to support the music, to support black businesses, to go out and feed the homeless when I have, when I can make the time to do so. And we just pick where we are giving and where we're taking, you know what I'm saying? Where we're supporting, whatever yeah. that looks like. And I think when we have this expectation that you have to 
support and you have to give in this way and take in this way, we start to get these lines crossed and it becomes very offensive because we're crossing the boundaries of what it means to be an individual and express ourselves in the ways we deem fit. So that's my spiel. No, 100%, man. It's important. And I think that's just the humility piece, man, of just like knowing that there are so many different ways to create change. And like, this is something that, I mean, we have so much work to do. Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not all going to happen in a protest. Like, you know, this, this, you know, even the stuff that we're happening now, that's happening now, isn't going to magically fix America. But I do believe that these are steps in the right direction. And um, I think everyone needs to find their lane, you know, and. I look at myself as an artist and it's like, you know, what is my responsibility in the images that I portray on screen, you know, and mm. what does that look like from here on out? Can I still play the same roles or audition for certain things that I feel like are um, going to be, what's it called? Detrimental to my community. Yeah. Right. I think about um, the movements and the stuff that I'm passionate about, you know, and it doesn't have to look like what other people are doing. I saw, a red table talk today and there's a woman by the name of erica ford i believe oh yeah and yeah, yeah oh you know you know erica my dad's ford. worked with her and um Stop. tamara that's tamara's mentor um we haven't released that episode yet bro tamara i'm trying simmons. to get plugged i just i called them i called them today yeah bro tamara simmons bro yeah i called it you, you called what tamara simmons? Yeah, tamara simmons uh no, no. ashford and i did the epi- one of the episodes with her that hasn't released yet it will release soon oh, that's her mentor that's right. bro okay bro. easy let's bro. do it I don't know what you're okay. about to say, hey, but, but talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, call, I called their office today. So I saw the Red Table Talk, and I saw what they were doing, bro. And they showed the trailer just about how... Um, so so the Red Table Talk um, that, that they released with Lauren London, where they were talking about gun violence against women. And they spoke with Lauren London. They spoke with a couple other women that were um, victims of gun violence. And Erica Ford is an advocate that works in, I want to say Brooklyn, but in the New York, New York mm-hmm, area. Mm-hmm. And she intermediates between um, uh, victims of gun violence and you know the police and things like that. So they listen to police scanners and they get into their pretty much ambulance or tour bus kind of ambulance style thing. And they drive to these scenes and they try to be mediators. Yes. They try to, yes. to, to intervene. They sit and talk to the community. They go to funerals. They yes. talk to um, yes. the families. They talk to gang members. They just they 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 are in the in the field. They've got formerly incarcerated people, and they've got artists. Like they work with everybody, right? Yep. So I saw this, and I'm like, and and on the back, I also saw the um, I should know what this is called, but I don't. But it's like the symbol of you know EMS or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So I'm looking at this, and I'm like, yo, with my experiences in EMT, with my um my passions as an artist with my you know passions for meditation and mindfulness and yoga this is exactly what i want to be doing this is exactly something i want to contribute to so i called their offices today and got on the phone with i believe it was erica um carter right and we talked for a few minutes and you know i just expressed my my interest they seemed to be excited about you know what i was talking about and um, anyway, they forwarded it to the, you know, uh, regional manager or, or, you know, they, they forward the information up. Right. Yeah. But the idea is, you know, I looked at that as an opportunity to get involved and to learn like, you know, that's the kind of person I want to sit and chop with and break bread with to kind of learn and kind of understand how I can create change where I am. You know, I think oftentimes you want to go back to our communities. You know, I want to go back to, to L.A. I want to go to Inglewood. I want to go to Compton and I want to go talk to people and help advocate change. But 
Inglewood and Compton are in Atlanta. They're in Detroit. They're in New York. They're in Cleveland. They're in mm. Cincinnati. It's everywhere, right? Yeah. It's um, it's like Bill Street. You know, the, the quote in, in James Baldwin's book is there's a Bill Street in, in every neighborhood, you know? Yeah. So for me, um, I'm at the place now where it's like I want to sit down and draw up plans to advocate change. Like I'm at the place where I no longer want to just think about myself. Even when I look at a partner's, you know, um, for a long time I've looked at as a partner as romantic a, romantic partner. Yeah, romantic mm-hmm. partners, right? I've looked at that as a selfish pursuit for my own edification, mm-hmm. you know? Someone that can just benefit Antonio as opposed to who Antonio needs to help benefit the world. Ooh. You know? Yeah, I like that. Right? So it's shifting. It's shifting. You know, when I look at some of, you know, um, when I look at some of the women that I've been interested in the past, not to say that they aren't brilliant and, and wonderful women, but do they align with my vision and my goals and my values and what I want to instill and what I want to change in the world? Can I partner with you and work with you to organize protests, to bring mindfulness and yoga to the community, to bring the arts to, to different communities, to you know, really get out there and affect change. Like, are you on that same wavelength or are you just someone I think that can make me feel better about myself or I can medicate with or whatever the case is. Mm. So, you know, I I just say that to say like right now, my entire values are changing. Like I don't look at the world the same. I don't want to be the same person when this is all over. And I feel like we need to start opening our minds up to how to create change. Mm. Every person online, especially if you're a person of color, there's no room to tear down anybody else's efforts instead take that energy and figure out a way to do it how you think it should be done right mm. so if you don't think we should vote we'll find another way send another message that then and show me a better way than voting on the local and um community level to bring about change you know if you don't like the blackout tuesday we'll start something else you know on tuesdays as well that pushes along the same narrative but doesn't tear down what someone else is doing that's good you know because right now we don't have room that's silencing people you know when you make people feel like they aren't doing the right thing so how can we begin to get to a place where we can just really help and affect change you know and use our skill set and our gifts to do so you know that's major that's major i love that bro i I love i love how you put that into practice because you saw something it it sparked something in you not even knowing what's going to come of it but you put yourself in position to receive whatever you need to receive and you're open to exploring that as you grow and develop your values, because you mentioned being in a different place today than you were, you know, even last year or the year before that. And I think that that's really important that in this time, as we find ourselves trying to figure out where we are, where we fit into the big picture, who we are, what we can contribute, what it is we need to learn, what is it we need to refine, what is it we need to become better informed about, that we take that time to be introspective with ourselves. And that doesn't necessarily have to happen solo. You got to take six months off to figure it out. It can be hap- It can be happening while you're also finding ways to contribute with what you have available today. And I think there's a lot yeah. of pressure and it's either this or it's either that. And we have to realize that at the end yes. of the day, that's very divisive, right? It's creating more yes. tension within our community. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hurt going on right now. You know, let's, let's not forget, you know, we're on quarantine. It's been 12 weeks. People have lost people have hurt people are you know we're hurting and and we're seeing a lot of things that have triggered trauma you know it's it's it's, it's trauma coming back in in ways that are probably a lot more enhanced because of our condition so i just think as we you know continue in this day you know day by day 
hour by hour, minute by minute, that we are taking the time to be still and kind of take inventory of where we are, what it is we're ultimately hoping to get. And hopefully um, we'll be able to continue to grow together and really have an impact on our society. Man, 1,000%. The only thing I want to add to that is the fact that, you know, there are no answers, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that is what people are missing. You know, there is no right way, you know? And it's it's funny because I feel like we're all living an episode of Black Mirror. Season, <laughs> right? season six. And season six. And I think about the stuff that we're doing right now and the conversations that we're having. I don't think this is any different than 50 or 60 years ago. I think people argued about the mythology of the way people were going about change then just the same way they, i know they were then just the same way we are now you know some people believed in they believed that peaceful protests weren't the way and violence was the answer and others believe that violence was not the answer peaceful protests were right mm. but regardless each voice was important yes right yes. it's like a choir right we need every single voice and every single tone to get the message across mm. you know some people are going to resonate with this register others are going to register re resonate with that register but at the end of the day you know i think it's important to acknowledge that there are no answers and what i love about something you said earlier was you know just kind of knowing i want to say you said something about knowing um just kind of knowing where you are mm -hmm. you know not judging where you are yeah not criticizing and not criticizing where other people are their approach but just knowing where you are knowing having an idea of what you're feeling without criticizing that and allowing that to be and then kind of figuring out what to do from there. Um, but before we get out of here, I want to ask, um, are there any rituals or anything that you have going on that that has kind of kept you afloat? Um, yeah, because it's just kept you afloat during this time. Yeah. Um, mindfulness, for one. Okay. Um, using the Headspace app to meditate. Uh, guided meditation in that way um, but even when I'm not necessarily on the app literally before this episode taking probably all of seven seconds to just breathe mm. deep breaths yeah um, to kind of just calm my mind and my thoughts and even I get worked up you know it's calling taking inventory to do it again if I need to um, I've been looking at YouTube videos that bring me joy like different little interview segments that I enjoy um my faith, so just practicing my faith. Um, I've joined actually several small groups um, that meet during the week that I otherwise probably wouldn't have because they're on Zoom, but I'm willing to fight through the fact that I don't like that they're on Zoom and really get connected to the, mm -hmm. to the community that's there because it's recharging. Um, you know, we've been hosting the group chat um, with mm -hmm. the homies. That's been very helpful. Once again, the tribe and um, for me, ultimately staying hydrated, that's been very important because it's been very hot mm. and with the heat, frustration, uh, headaches, the whole nine. So it's been really important for me to just stay hydrated in the midst of it all. Oh, and, and disconnecting yeah. when I find myself overly consumed with the media, you know, just going deeper and deeper. I need to just take a break and come back to it. Not to say stop looking at it, but for me, myself, uh, knowing to take breaks and just break up my day and, uh, going for runs and walks has been really great. Just getting out of the house and like feeling yeah. the trees in the nature where, where there's peace. How about you? Um, uh, just being patient with myself, man. I think, um, I don't look at, look at the, um, the days the same anymore. I, 
it's kind of like all just one continuous moment for me now where I don't really break things up as much. So, mm. I mean, some days I read, some days I don't, some days I do my Spanish, other days I don't. I, I mean, I had a very consistent thing going before, um, you know, before this past week, but I've allowed myself the room to let that be what it is. You know what I mean? Like I was doing Spanish every day for a while and now I'm not, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's all okay. Like I'm just accepting where I am, but you know, I'm reading this book called don't take your life personally. So I've been, trying to practice that trying to keep keep building on, on my awareness and my intuition and just mindfulness um meditating regularly um yoga has been amazing um when i say yoga i don't always mean the traditional you know style of yoga some days yoga for me is just watching the news and stretching you know um or while i'm playing with my daughter i may stretch while i'm doing that and just finding little moments to um heal myself you know mm. i've had a few headaches in the last few weeks where literally if i just stretched they went away <laughs> you know so those have been the main two and then lastly just like you know really connecting with people and not being afraid to to reach out you know i always feel this intense anxiety you know reaching out to folks but you know i've been um yeah talking to people a lot and um in therapy as well um doing therapy online so um that's been great and i've really been taking the time to kind of heal too and deal with what's happening as opposed to holding it all in and one of the biggest lessons i've been learning about therapy is it allows me the opportunity to take care of myself so i can be there for others mm. right let's go yeah so now i don't have to call my homies and lament about what's going on in my life i can actually deal with that with the professional and then come to my friends and my family and just actually connect with them as opposed to looking to them to heal me you know not to say that not to say that we can't build together but i don't have to you know give them all of my drama or my trauma or whatever the case is so that's kind of where i've been at with it man it's um i think if i you know if, it was, if i simplify it's just really yoga meditation and, and reading you know and therapy but yeah mm. yeah yeah i love that man i think i think that it's that um like you mentioned earlier, giving yourself that grace. Yeah. That's, that's big. That's major. Man. <laughs>